on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. And people need to understand that cancer really is a 10-year disease. So from one little cancer cell to tumor formation is 10 years. So that means you have like all these years of opportunity to prevent cancer and understand what's going on in the body. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan, and I'm so happy that you're here. Today's episode is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's all about cancer, cancer prevention, what we believe causes cancer, and so much more. On today's episode, I speak with Dr. Lee Erin Kennelly. She's an MD. She's also the medical director at Cancer Center for Healing and Center for New Medicine, plus the author of The Cancer Revolution. And you may also recognize her from her Instagram. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes so that you can find her account easily. I first found her because she had done a post about conventional versus integrative cancer approaches, and it really piqued my interest because I feel like um, there's not a lot of doctors talking about cancer right now from a more integrative, holistic approach. Unfortunately, in this country, there is a huge disconnect between our conventional and more holistic, integrative medical approaches to a lot of things. We are really not practicing preventative care unless if you are seeking out an integrative or a holistic practitioner. So we really dive into the importance of preventative care when it comes to cancer. And we also, you know, she brings up this really great point about how um, the way that we define health in this country is really um, skewed. We just assume because someone is young that they're healthy, or we assume that because someone looks healthy that they are healthy, or or we assume sometimes if someone says like, oh, I feel totally fine that they are healthy. But, you know, the reality is, is that unfortunately we live in a time where um, we need to be careful about the food that we're putting in our bodies and the products that we're putting on our bodies, the things that we are being exposed to on a daily basis, whether it's in our water or in our body care um, our makeup, etc. So anyways, we dive into everything cancer related. Um, she gives a lot of amazing tips on how to prevent cancer, things that she has seen in her own practice that really help. We talk about epigenetics and the role that they play in cancer, why she believes that cancer is on the rise, how she feels about mammograms and what some alternatives are to mammograms and so much more. With that, let's just get into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? We have all been there. Are you tired of trying fad diets and juice cleanses only to be disappointed by the outcome? The only way to finally lose weight and get well is by removing the underlying root cause holding you back. Your liver filters all of the blood in your body every six minutes, but with the influx of toxins in our environment, our livers cannot keep up and our bodies have no choice but to store these toxins away in our fat cells, organs, and even our brain so they're not floating around our bloodstream. Over time, this toxic buildup begins to cause symptoms of poor health and eventually can lead to all types of diseases in the body. The Dr. Cabral Detox is a comprehensive, full-body, functional medicine detoxification system that gently eliminates harmful toxins while rebalancing the body at an underlying root cause level. Benefits of the 21-Day Detox are decrease bloating and puffiness, lose weight and speed up metabolism, rebalance your hormones, reset healthy inflammation levels, get clearer skin, enjoy healthy blood sugar levels, increase your energy, improve sleep, and strengthen digestion. Sign me up. This is your chance to hit the whole body reset button and get guaranteed results. 
If anything I've said has sparked your interest, now is your chance to hit the whole body reset button and get guaranteed results. If you go to stephencabral.com slash Courtney, you'll have the option to purchase a 21-day detox for $100 off or a 7-day detox for $20 off. Again, that is stephencabral.com slash Courtney. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-A-B-R-A-L.com slash C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. Well, Dr. Keneally, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to dive into all things about cancer. Well, great. I love this topic. Yeah. So for listeners that are new to you and your work, can you tell them a little bit about you and what you do? All right. So I started practicing medicine 35 years ago. I'm the medical director at Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing. The Center for New Medicine does everything from human optimization to prevention and chronic diseases. And then the Cancer Center for Healing are for patients um, that have most likely been diagnosed with cancer. And they're here for you know a long-term visit or a short-term visit. Amazing. So you did a post recently on Instagram that really caught my eye. It was conventional versus integrative cancer approaches. And I would love for you to kind of talk about that a little bit. I feel like everyone knows the conventional approaches to cancer, but what are some of the more integrative approaches that you take or, you know, a holistic approach? Right. So for our listeners, I think that we need to define things because I think, you know, in medicine today, um, a lot of medicine is a secret and we need to make sure that everyone knows, I think, and this is kind of what these podcasts do, Instagram does, TikTok, they bring life to what's really happening. And uh, health is not something that we work on in our world today, in our country today. It's something that um, it's supposed to just happen and health just doesn't happen. There is an intention and an execution that needs to take place to be healthy. And just because you feel good every day, let's say you're 25, 30 years of age, oh, I feel great, you know, how could there be anything wrong? Well, unfortunately, that's a fallacy. And unfortunately, in today's world, you know, cancer is the number one killer, one to 85. And so it doesn't matter, you know, about age anymore. Women, it's one, one in probably about 41% of females and men, it's one in two men. And so, and there's not a lot of imaging or workup on a person, male or female, less than 40. There's barely any workup. And so, and once you get diagnosed with cancer, you're in shock and you're absolutely scared to death. And you're thinking, how could this possibly have happened? And people need to understand that cancer really is a 10-year disease. So from one little cancer cell to tumor formation is 10 years. So that means you have like all these years of opportunity to prevent cancer and understand what's going on in the body. And so I think the first and foremost thing is I, like, I, I, re I remember last year, I, I told my children, you know, that my number one value was health. Cause we went around the room, asked about what our values were. And, you know, my number one value is health. And it has been for a very long time because I'm a DES baby. And for a lot of people out there, they might not know what DES 
DES was a drug given to pregnant women when they started to bleed. Um, and they gave that to pregnant women to prevent miscarriage and stop bleeding. So that drug was given for 42 years to, to thousands of women. And then when I was about 15 years, 16, 14, 15 years old, I think my parents received a letter that, oh, you were given that drug. And now there's an increased risk of cancer in both male and female offspring. Also, there's hormonal problems, anatomical problems, and all these problems. So I started going to an um, cancer hospital when I was very young as a teenager. And so that, that whole experience changed my trajectory because I'm, I wasn't like worried about cancer. I luckily had a scientific brain and I thought, okay, I need to figure out what this is. And then more importantly, how I prevent this occurrence. So I'm 64 now. And so I studied everything on how not to get cancer and how to like, how do you figure out this puzzle and the anatomy of oneself and not just for cancer? Cause you know, cancer is usually not one disease. It's usually many diseases and many different things are occurring for this perfect storm. And so, but it's been my whole life that it's been something in my mind. Okay. I've got to deal with this. So, you know, most people don't have to deal with that. You know, the, the, most people don't, but if you look at the history of medications, you know, there was thalidomide where the children were born, you know, with, uh, or, you know, no limbs. And then there's the DES and it was actually used for 42 years, but they knew it was a carcinogen. And so unfortunately, we have these things that have occurred over the last probably 80 to 100 years where we always learn things after the fact. And so that's why I practice preventive, proactive, precision medicine, because it's like, wait, what am I doing to my patient? I should be saying, what am I doing for my patient to enhance their lives? And so... I always, when I take care of a person, I'm very concerned is if I give you this birth control pill, if I give you this statin drug, if I give you this, what consequences is it going to do to you? So I know I'm not getting to the question and I really want to, but I think people need to understand my, my, uh, my passion for, you know, what I do now and what the difference is because people, they, they say, oh, you practice integrative medicine. Well, what is integrative medicine? So integrative medicine is using the best of conventional therapies and conventional workup. So that might be, you know, a good history, a good physical, a good uh, ordering blood work, doing ultrasounds or scans or whatever you need to do on the patient, doing that good workup. So I'm very thankful that I'm a doctor, that I know how to do that and how to order things. But then... How, what blood tests do I order? So I order very different blood tests because I see patients from all over the world. And most of the patients just basically get a chemistry panel and a CBC. A chemistry panel looks at your electrolytes, your kidney, your liver, and your blood count is your white count, your hemoglobin, and all your indices. Well, that's a really small part of a person. <laughs> and so like if you looked at C-reactive protein, which is you know, a very standard blood test, which is a marker for inflammation, 
Inflammation is the precursor to all diseases. So that should be done on any person, whether you were treating human optimization, prevention of cancer or cancer. So that would be something I would do very differently than a conventional doctor, right? Then I would look at your hemoglobin A1C because we know pre-diabetics and diabetics, you're increased risk for cancer and a lot of other diseases. So of course, I would want your hemoglobin A1C to be more ideal. Then I would look at your vitamin D levels, vitamin D, because vitamin D influences over 3000 genes in your body. And so not just for cancer, but for everything else, I would look at all your hormones. I would look at your thyroid, a complete panel of your thyroid, since the thyroid's the battery to your body. So I would be looking just, let's just talk about human optimization, but let's say he came to me for cancer prevention, which is where everybody should be, not just for cancer, but every disease, because your life will be so much better if you practice that, that way of life. It's just, your life is just a lot better. And then, you know, you want to, you can't manage something you don't measure, right? So you don't, like every, you look at your bank account on a regular basis because you want to make sure you have enough money to pay your bills, right? So yeah. that's something you're doing regularly. We don't even tend to our health like our bank account, right? But yeah, and that's the biggest problem that we have in this country. Right, is, is that we're not paying attention to our health. And there's so many things that we can just teach people to do and we can teach doctors to do to get good workups, okay? And it doesn't have to be a jillion dollar workup because it doesn't need to be that way. But we have to do the workup and verify that someone is okay and they're doing good and they're on the right track, right? So when a cancer patient comes in here, so conventional cancer patients, the options are surgery, chemo, or radiation. And so not everybody needs all three of those. And, and what so, do you, what do you think about those? Honestly, okay. I, I would love to know from a more holistic standpoint. Right. Well, um, I I tell people that tumors are immunosuppressive, so it's probably necessary to remove the tumor. Okay, mm-hmm. and then take tend to the terrain of the body, the garden of the body, the milieu of the body to understand why the perfect storm occurred to create that cancer to begin with. So, so we need to, you know, I tell people, you just don't wake up with cancer one day. Cancer took, you know, like I said, about 10 years to occur. So we want to make sure we've got to unravel it. So let's say you have a little lump in the breast. Let's hypothetically say that. And it's a small lump. Um, and then most likely a lumpectomy can be achieved to remove the tumor, but then the doctor, and in, in, in today's world, that's usually what happens. Oh, you have a little lump, let's do the mammogram, let's do the ultrasound, let's do an MRI. That's all conventional and I all agree with all of that. And then I don't even let my patients do a biopsy without preparation. So why? Because a biopsy is an invasion to the body. So I want the patient to be in a cancer-fighting stance if they're going to do biopsy. And why is that? Because let's say you have a tumor and you puncture that, you have potentially seeded cancer. I know a lot of doctors Mm -hmm. disagree. I've read 
extensively about this. And I'm not saying that it happens with every patient. It's potentiality of the situation. So why wouldn't we just take things and preparation for the patient so to eliminate the downside of getting a biopsy? First of all, second of all, biopsies are very scary to the patient. They're very injurious because like, who likes to be a patient? I've been a patient before, so I know it's not fun. So yeah. we want to make sure that we prepare the patient on a mental, emotional, and physical level because it's very scary. Something that I have really been paying attention to a lot lately in my own life and for my own health is cognitive function or brain function. I have really been trying to pay more attention to it and implement things in my diet and in my lifestyle that really help me to optimize that cognitive function so I feel like I am operating on the best level that I can. And one of the ways that I've been doing that is through Magic Mind. I'm so excited that Magic Mind is sponsoring my podcast. I actually just interviewed the founder of Magic Mind, and I'm really stoked for you guys to hear this episode because it just solidified my my love for this product. What it is is it's a little shot that has matcha, adaptogens, nootropics, and just a touch of honey. And what it does is it really helps to boost your cognitive function. And guys, I'm telling you, this is not just like some sort of fad. Um, this actually really works. I wish that I had found this in college because it really, it turns on my brain in a way that I have never experienced before. I feel more productive. I feel more focused throughout the day. It helps me get through my podcast recordings because I feel like my brain is really functioning at optimal levels. It has just a little bit of caffeine in it from the matcha. So you can actually use this as a replacement for your morning coffee if you want, but you can also take it alongside, which is what I do because I love my coffee so much that I want both. But you get these added benefits of the nootropics and the adaptogens in the matcha, which also has like a calming effect on the nervous system as well. I'm so excited for you guys to try this. And they shared a code with me to give to you. It's code RealFoodology when you go to magicmind.co and you're going to save 20% off. Please write me and let me know how you're enjoying it because I am obsessed with this stuff. So I really hope you guys try it and you love it too. So I, I want to take it back for a second because I have more questions around around the radiology and, and chemotherapy and all that because um, I'm really curious to know the take on this from a doctor's perspective that treats a lot of cancer patients because I know that there is a lot of conflicting um, evidence. You know, a lot of people say that you don't want to do chemotherapy because it completely suppresses all of your immune fighting cells. And I've heard a lot of stories of people going to, you know, these resorts where they do the organic green juice cleanses and all this stuff. And and for anyone listening, I'm not saying for or against any of these. I'm simply coming as like a curious listener, trying to understand what you think about that. If you think maybe there are times that maybe that does help when people just try to support their body's own ability to fight the tumors, or if you really don't think that that works. I mean, what are kind of your thoughts on that? Well, I uh, patients ask me these kinds of things all the time. So I sure. every individual is an original, okay? Yeah. And I don't want to put in jeopardize any patient's journey. So if I tell a patient, look, that's impossible, then, and this is why, and I explain to them very clearly why we need to do both, okay? So it really depends on the situation. Now, if it's something small, I'm all for it. And then if the patient's willing to partner with me 
and listen to every single thing I say about what they need to do. And I'm seeing them very regularly. And I don't want the situation to get out of control. And the patient really, really, really wants to do it. I will support and partnership with them. But usually that require, you know, like fasting is like an excellent form of uh, making a lot of progress in a short period of time. I'm not saying that fasting gets rid of cancer. I'm not saying that because I don't just have the patients fast. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, simple little fast and everything's wonderful. No, because, you know, I see patients from all over the, everywhere, all different kinds of situations. You have to understand that 50% of my patients are stage four done everything. Mm. So I see that too. And I see the patients who wait and they have wounds this big on their breast or somewhere else because they've let this perpetuate itself. So that's the kind of thing I want to avoid. So they're very big, big situations by the time. And that's that's when they've decided to go and go to a resort and go to do different things. And I'm like, no, no, no. Always partner with a physician who will partner with you. You have to have a doctor who partners with you because that is part of the emotional psychological healing process. But at the same time, don't endanger yourself that you let this spiral out of control that the situation becomes bigger. And so you have to have someone who's clinically knows this and has life experience to say, oh, no, I saw these many patients and this is what happened. And every individual is their own clinical trial. You can't predict what's going to happen to any patient and nobody can. All right. Yeah, because absolutely. every patient's on their own clinical journey and their own clinical trial. But I am about I, I, I have patients that you know, let's say you have a 70 year old and they just don't want to do anything. And I go, okay, let's see how you do. If you want to do a fast and you want to go on a fast for 21 days or 28 days, and then we re-ultrasound it in four weeks and we see that it decreased, stayed the same. I've had patients do that. Okay. Uh, They're just resisting, you know, any kind of intervention. Now, if you're young, if you're a young person with cancer, usually the younger the patient is, the more aggressive cancer is, and that's because the DNA is replicating fast, so the margin of error is is more. And so my younger patients, less than 50 or 55, I watch them very closely, especially if they're in their 20s or 30s, but 40s, I'm also because I know cancer is aggressive. And so just because of age alone. So, so I want to know what are your top tips on preventing cancer? And then can we go into what helps people once they do have cancer? And I'm sure it probably is differing depending on what type of cancer they have, but what are some of your like top tips to really like prevent it? Okay. So the top things is, um, verify that your health is okay. (laughs) Okay. And so what I mean by that is, is partnering with a physician, maybe a naturopath, you know, probably it needs to be a medical doctor or someone who knows about, let's talk about cancer. I mean, since cancer is, you know, it's the number two killer after heart disease. So 
it's the kind of thing that we all should be practicing prevention now because of it's just, you know, girl, it's one out of eight women alone have breast cancer. So, and do the blood test. And I just don't do blood tests. Of course, I do imaging. Um, I don't do, you know, like mammograms. If you're 35 years old, you don't, you're not really eligible for a mammogram. And don't mammograms put us at risk too, because of all of the... Well, yeah, because radiation. of the radiation. So a chest X-ray has one millirad, but a mammogram has 342 millirads. Mm. So quite Sorry. a bit of so quite a bit of difference, right? So what? And, should and so we- that accumulated radiation is, you know, they say for every 10,000 mammograms, we save one life. So, so three countries in the that? What? What's well, that's that? a great question. So one, the most important thing is doing breast self-exams, okay? So I would recommend that everybody do uh, regular once a month, right after their period, do, if you're menstruating, to do breast self-exams, okay? Then um, I that that is how most of the women find their breast cancers, they find it themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. So I would recommend that um, th- because you know your breast and everybody's anatomy is different, but you know your body, especially when you do it every, you know, on a regular basis. Okay. And do it in the sh- laying down and sitting up because you get, you feel things differently. Then for imaging thermogram, and then there's ultrasound. So thermography is a vascular image of your breast. So vascularity is vascularity means that um, there could potentially be something called angiogenesis, which is development of blood supply. So breasts are typically not vascular, all right? So if you see vascularity of a thermogram, which has actually been around for about 50, 60 years, it's not something new. And so if you see vascularity, that would indicate that you have something going on, all right? Meaning it not, may not mean cancer, it could be just an abnormal environment of the breast. Then ultrasound, ultrasound's a great way to look for lumps and bumps. It's non-invasive, it's very inexpensive. Now, mammogram is one of the things that picks up calcifications, but if you're less than 40, you know, you wouldn't wanna start doing radiation exposure, right? Because yeah, yeah. Uh, you you know you pay a price for everything that you do that has potential downside, so you want to be very careful about running in and going and doing tons of, you know, different um, radiological procedures. Yeah, and that's really so, interesting. So I'm so sorry we we got sidetracked. I really would love to hear because you know so a lot of my listeners are here because they really are into nutrition and their diets. So I'm sure that they really would love to know kind of what your top tips are on uh, really food, but lifestyle in general, because we do know that cancer is a pretty lifestyle driven disease. So what are your kind of top tips on how to prevent it? Right. So I would say the probably I won't put them all in a certain order because everything's important. Right. Yeah. And so um, but I would say that peace of mind is the most important thing that all of us need to get. And we can't always do that for ourselves. And the, the studies that come out about unresolved emotional conflict are just, you know, abounding. I mean, the studies, so many different things. And there's not a conference you don't go to that they don't talk about emotion and stress 
And this is nothing that I learned in medical school. And I'll be honest, I did not learn all, start learning all about this until about 18 years ago. And then I started studying it and reading it. And a doctor mentioned it at a medical cancer conference. And, and he talked about a German doctor, uh, Dr. Hammer. Dr. Hammer was an oncologist from Germany. And he started German New Medicine. And he was an oncologist who got cancer. And then he started asking all of his patients, well, why do you think you have cancer? Why do you think? Why do you think? And they all said they related it to some trauma. And so then he had to do personal reflection because he got diagnosed with cancer. Well, his son was tragically killed. And so he got testicular cancer. So he devised this whole uh, system of basically talking patients out of their cancer. And so I took the first, um, you know, re in the United States, it's called recall healing. And I first took, took the course as a physician. And then I didn't finish, continue all the courses because I said, you got to have someone dedicated just to this. So, and that's what we do. I have someone that's a professional in my office that does that. But I would, because we are, I was, I had a new trainee today and we were talking about this couple came in and the husband has throat cancer. And so he says, gosh, Dr. Kinley, he has changed. His whole life has changed now since he did the emotional work here. And so, and so the, the young people that are trainees in my office, they're in their 20s. And I said, the single greatest thing you guys could do is do emotional attunement. Because when you were five and three, you have no idea what it was like. You have no idea. You have no recollection, okay, of what your child, maybe you remember a few things going to kindergarten the first day or something, but you have no idea the record player that your parents put into you, okay? Yeah. And, and so we grow up with the, you know, there's a great book called, called Your Body Keeps Score, but your body keeps score of all these incidences. And if you had trauma, if you had an unfavorable event, that it might've been resolved but it might not have been resolved. And so it's it's something that you we all have to practice some mindfulness techniques. P, turn every negative into a positive, everything. I tell people your disadvantages become your advantages because you've overcome. And years ago, 20 years ago, I listened to this cassette tape called uh, by Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Vietnamese Buddhist and how to turn negative seeds into positive seeds. We can turn everything into a positive. And so being in a, a state of gratitude on a regular basis and truly, truly coming from love 24 hours, seven days a week. And that is very hard to do. But if we just do that, you're not only going to help someone else, but you're going to, the, at the end, you're going to help yourself. So I would say like, that's the number one thing to do. And that's not something you kind of just learn overnight and do overnight. It takes you know, eight weeks for some and practice to become a habit. Yeah. Then I would say keeping your body ideal weight. Okay. Because we know overweightness or obesity predisposes you to every illness. Okay. Mm -hmm. The obvious things are not smoke. Okay. Um, alcohol, you know, a lot of pe people use alcohol as a therapy and as a drug. And so we know that alcohol increases risk of cancer. And so um, people need to be mindful of one, 
you know, if they're going to party, like, why do they need to do that? What lack of meaning in their life are they missing that they need to do that? Okay. Enjoying a glass of wine is very different than drinking four glasses of wine. And so, but alcohol, we know increases cancer. All right. Then we need to be mindful of our eating, you know, eating, um, is, is, is people don't, learn as a child and like most people grew up for example on cereal well cereal is not exactly a health food all right and people today still think that if they buy granola or cheerios or some healthy cereal that that is healthy well those the sugar index of those foods are very 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 high and the glyphosate levels as well exactly and so and just the grains you know i mean it's all kind of things so but really understand the science of food, okay? Know how to read a label, really stick to foods that are one ingredient, okay? And stick to one ingredient foods that like, you know, are from nature, okay? Because our entire ancestor, if you look over the last hundreds of thousands of years, people were, were, were hunter gatherers, all right? Until we got into, you know, agricultural farming. And then we got into really processed foods, okay? I personally didn't grow up like that. I grew up in Texas. We had a farm. And so I grew up kind of different than my friends did, okay? So we ate really well because my mom was kind of an extreme advocate of what we ate. So I was fortunate. I mean, like, we never had cereal. I mean, if we had cereal, boy, we were like, this is great. We're high on life, right? <laughs> But we didn't have, we didn't grow up in cereal. And I have my kids, my kids just, you know, that would never be a breakfast we would ever have. But really understand the science of food, read different books, okay? I know like the number one book written is on food, right? And everybody's got their opinion. And I believe in there's no one size fits all, but I've never read a book that Oreos are okay and Hamburger Helper are okay and pizza is okay. All right. Like I've never read a book like that. Okay. Even, you know, really good, you know, like the Italian book, uh, cooking books or any, any book, there's nothing that says those are okay. So I, I think I had a patient tell me today that she, she changed her eating. She has a lyomyosarcoma, which is a cancer of the, the muscle and the, the special muscle fibers of her uterus. And she goes, Dr. Healy, I started, I changed my diet to pure vegetarian. Well, pure vegetarian, what does that mean? Because I have people thinking vegetarian tortilla chips are okay. Well, tortilla chips are not good on a vegetarian diet. Yeah. Anyway, she went pure vegetarian. She goes, Dr. Keneally, I feel great on this eating program. Her blood work was perfect. Her hemoglobin A1C was perfect. So I go, you know what? That is the, the real test is how do you feel when you do this eating program, okay? I always tell people the cardinal rules is get off sugar and get off lots of carbohydrates, you know, off the carbs and off the couch. And, you know, that is really where you've got to start, okay? And then delve into the eating is what we do every single day of our life. You need to know what you are putting in your body. Every single morsel counts. And food is the information 
and the coding for your cells to tell your body what to do and how to take care of you. So it's something you need to be very mindful of and just don't rely on one book, one source, listen, and then go practice. I know that I've done every eating program there is from fasting to juicing, to raw food, to vegetarian. There isn't a program that I haven't done. And I always tell people in two weeks, your body tells you, I feel great. All right. Like there's people that do carnivore and they, that's what feels great to them. And I tell people, we are, every individual is an original and you're going to find the, the, the eating program that works for you, that you have maximal vitality. Your blood shows that it's good. You feel good. And, you know, your nutritional analysis that you get also tells you it's sufficient. So eating what? Do you think that people need to eat organic to avoid cancer? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. You can't eat. You must. There, there are, I tell people when it comes to food, no shortcuts, no shortcuts. Do not buy things that aren't the real thing. They're not, you know, you, you need to make sure the ingredients in your food, you need to make sure it is organic. There is just absolutely no question. The insecticides, pesticides in yeah. food today, you know, it's absolutely, you, you can't cut corners on that. And do you think that's why cancer is on the rise is because we're spraying everything. We're being exposed to all these toxic chemicals, the plastics in our food. Right. Well, I would say I was reading about childhood cancer and childhood cancer. Um, they say is probably the biggest reason is pollute, environmental pollutants. And I would say that for humans today, I would say it's, it's stress and environment. Okay. We have a lot of stress today. And we have a lot of environmental exposure. I mean, so many different from heavy metals to pollutants, like you talked about plastics. Plastics are probably the number one pollutant. You talk about glyphosate from weed killer. That is probably in 95% of people's urine. So you add to the collective uh, concentration of all of these chemicals, and we're all a toxic soup. That's why you need to cleanse on a regular basis because, and you've got to start with avoidance, toxic avoidance in what you're putting in your mouth every day. But we, unfortunately, we have to live a life of, of regular cleansing because that's just the world we've created in this industrial technical world. Yeah. So let's list off some of those. I will say actually, right before we recorded, I was doing a lymphatic massage where I sat in a sauna for 20 minutes. And then they put, well, before you go in the sauna, they put this magnesium salt base on you and wrap you in um, this, I don't know what the material is, but basically what it does is it encourages your body to detox and sweat. And then afterwards you get a really deep lymphatic massage. And I know that's one of the many ways that people can support their detoxification pathways. Right. Well, that's one of the big things that we recommend for our patients. So one of the biggest things that we do is I have them do an Epsom salt, baking soda, and clay bath. All right. Mm -hmm. If they don't if that would be if they don't have a sauna. If they have an infrared sauna, the most probably most single important investment you can make in your life is infrared sauna. And I personally have had one at the clinic for probably 18, 19 years. So it's not something new. So infrared sauna is probably the single greatest investment you could purchase, you can make in your health. Okay. So that, and then you talked about lymphatic drainage. You know, lymphatic drainage is actually. There's a study of, of, of lymphology. Lymphology is the study of lymph. 
And so, but medical doctors today have forgotten about the lymph system. So all of our patients get lymphatic drainage once a week, not just cancer patients, but other patients too. Because what is your lymph system? Your lymph system is your removal of garbage. It's four times greater than your blood circulation. I tell people the circulation delivers the groceries, the lymph removes the garbage. So that's a standard treatment here at the clinic that we get, that the patients get regularly. So it's good you mentioned those. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying to provide this podcast as a resource for anyone that wants to prevent or even um, if they have cancer and they're looking for other resources and ways to maybe help um, along their journey, you know, of, of dealing with that cancer. And so I have a question for you about epigenetics. Do you believe, I know that there is, um, epigenetics is a newer, uh, I don't know what you call it, like concept, I guess, that we have been introduced to in the last, like, I would say what, like 15 years, which basically shows that our genes don't tell us everything. They only say about 10% of a chance that we are going to have to get cancer. It really is all about diet and lifestyle. That is correct. that to be true? Right. I do. So epi means over your genetics. So it's all the environmental influences over your own genetics. So I always tell patients, genetics is not destiny. They took 44,000 identical twins and they looked at their cancer and it was all, the difference was how they ate and how they lived was the difference in in them getting cancer. So like you said, you either are going to pull the trigger for your genes or you're not. So how you think, what water you drink, the food you eat, the environmental exposure to toxicity will influence your genes. Your nutrient deficiencies will influence the functionality of your genes. So epigenetics is, is like the, you know, probably the biggest topic and it's, you know, it's about time. It's something we've known about for a very long time but it's not something that we are practicing in medicine unless you go to an integrative physician who is looking at your environment and what is could be contributing to a possible cancer diagnosis. So, you know, and doing in a complete analysis of a person's life, how do they sleep, the water they drink, do they have filtration system, what is their food, what exactly are they eating, you know, how do they move, what is their stress like? All these things are very, very important. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about that just because I, I feel like it's such a new um, thing that a lot of people aren't aware of that, you know, and I, I have friends that have, you know, been getting tested for the BRCA gene, and I try to explain to them that it doesn't mean everything. Go right. On. Well, genetics is only probably 5 to 7% related to very, it's very little. So people need to not say that their family history is going to give them. Because I hear a lot of people go, oh my mom, you wanna know, like in conventional medicine, we always wanna know what the mom had done, had, you know, you want to, okay. But at the same time, you know, you, you know, genetics doesn't always predispose you to a diagnosis like heart disease or cancer, because you don't know which genes you got. Then the second thing is, is that you mentioned the BRCA gene. Only 50% of patients who are BRCA positive even entertain and get that cancer diagnosis. So half of them don't get cancer. So you can know for sure 
that being BRCA1 or 2 doesn't mean you're going to go get cancer. And those group of people, though, because they're BRCA1 or BRCA2, that means they need to, they'll be practicing proact proactive preventive personalized medicine because of, you know, they already know they have and so you know so but people need to get the notion out of their head that their mom dad sister whatever had cancer and oh i must be at risk i mean sometimes that's the case i mean they do genetic testing now to see if you have a genetic component but i will tell you i've done thousands of those tests and rarely 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 see anyone positive rarely wow Yes. That's so interesting. Well, and I've also heard too that um, with epigenetics that they're, that oftentimes just because, so like, let's say your mom had breast cancer, yeah, has breast cancer, had it, and you end up getting it or like you're more susceptible to it. Oftentimes it's because you grew up eating the same foods that your mom did. You grew up in the same household. You were exposed to the same kind of toxins, trauma, air. trauma oh, toxins, yes. everything. Yes. I find that so interesting and it's so infuriating to me that that is not more um, common knowledge because I find that a lot of people aren't aware of that. And again, it really goes back to what really angers me about this disconnect between conventional allopathic medicine and this newer integrative holistic approach that we have because we're not taking into account these lifestyle and food at all. Like, right. Well, no. All of my patients tell me that every doc every doctor they've seen said that what they eat doesn't matter, just to eat. Now, well, how that can be in 2021, almost 2022, how can any doctor say that when the single greatest determinant is what you eat, all right? And so um, I don't know how that happens. So patients, patients actually know this now. So that's the good news. They know better. Most people know better, but there's also people, you know, because health is not advertised, right? You don't see blueberries and broccoli on advertisements on television or on anything, unless you see it on someone's Instagram page about the great meal they just prepared. So, so you know, you don't really get to see, you know, get to see the magic of, of, of you know, beautiful food. I mean, it's all, a, a, you know, a, the advertisement is a drug or some new, you know, chemicalized, you know, drink chips or, or yeah. chips or something. It's nothing that's going to help the end user. And so I always am, you know, that's one of my pet peeves is, is like every company should think about how they're going to affect the end user. Is, is it going to be great and wonderful? But we should go back to the discussion about, you know, the, the prevention part, because there's so yeah. much in our own control about you know prevention cancer so we talked about you know what what people ate and avoiding you know eating organic foods um avoiding alcohol avoiding tobacco exercise you know we have 800 muscles and people do not move okay i know i started my first practice in weight loss because i was like oh yeah everybody needs to lose weight that's how i can get patients and so I remember I shared uh, food journals with my girlfriend and this was way before I was a doctor. And I thought, okay, I can do this. I'm going to start reading about metabolic medicine and everything. So this was a long time ago. And so I hired a, a dietitian to work in my office in Los Angeles. And then, you know, we carry, we got it together, but with my little calorie food counting, 
<laughs> in a little book and her expertise. And then I knew the blood work to order uh, to make sure their you know, thyroid was right, their blood sugar, all these things were right. But anyway, uh, but, but food is important. The movement, the movement, like I said, movement, people don't move. And I would say today's world, because of computer, because of you know, phones and because of iPads and everything, people don't move. People should be so happy to like wash their dishes, wash their clothes, because they're just adding steps to their life and adding movement. And they now we have to go work out at gyms because our life is in front of a computer predominantly, unfortunately. And that brings up the other thing is the exposure to electromagnetic fields are and, and artificial light. We need to be out with sunshine because sunshine helps our whole body work, creating endorphins, vitamin D levels. I mean, dope neurotransmitters, all these wonderful things happen when you're out in the sunshine. And so we've demonized the sunshine because you're gonna get cancer. It's the overuse of sun, okay? But getting 30 minutes of sun is only gonna be additive to your life. And then um, making sure that the, your, the vitamin levels that you do have, I mean, I know people, they can, can't, maybe can't afford it, but they can get a good food-based vitamin and maybe take an oil and maybe take a D without, you know, necessarily measuring them. And one very important blood test that I do is something called MTHFR. Mm. MTHFR is methylated tetrahydrofolate reductase. You're 50% of the population has this problem. And it's a blood test you do once in your life. It has nothing to do with genetics. It has to do with epigenetics, what we were talking about before. So it has nothing to do that your mom and dad gave you this. No, it has to do with the influence of your environment that created this problem. But it's a big problem because that means you're not metabolizing your DNA properly every day. So there isn't a disease that's not influenced with this deficiency. And it's only corrected with a methylated B vitamin combination. And so you need to know because everything from depression, cancer, heart disease is related to MTHFR. And I mean, there's a lot of science to all of this. And someone, you, you know, you get the proper workup and then you get on the proper nutrition um, supplementation to correct the problem. And it's a lifelong treatment. It's not something you do for a month or two it's a forever treatment that you will have to take and supplement. Yeah, but that one's so simple. I, I have a lot of friends actually that have it. It's so funny. I I call it the motherfucker gene because it looks like <laughs> on the lab work. Um, but yeah, like I, I have a lot of friends that actually have that. And it's that's such a good point because I have a friend recently who just found out that she had it. And she was like, I can't tell you the difference between night and day of, of now taking, for people listening that aren't, aren't aware of what it is. You just have to take a methylated B because your body can't methylate the vitamin, the vitamin B on its own. And the difference that my friend feels in the last couple of weeks, she was like, Oh my God, Courtney, I cannot believe I didn't figure this out sooner. It helped with my energy levels. And like, she just listed off all these things. And I was like, everyone needs to take this test. Right. Everyone. Yeah. It's standard for everybody should do the test or your primary care should be doing that because it's life-changing like your friend said. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully by now you guys have heard me talk enough about Organifi to know that I'm obsessed with this company. First and foremost, I know I say this every time, but seriously, I cannot stress enough how important this is. Organifi is glyphosate residue free. 
So not only are they organic and non-GMO, but we can find comfort knowing that we're not going to get any glyphosate along with our micronutrients. I drink their green juice every single morning. It's super convenient because it's actually freeze-dried. So all you have to do is add your favorite liquid to it, and you get a combination of 11 organic non-GMO superfoods, which help reset your body and support your hormones in a healthy way, support flushing out the body and feeding the cells. It helps improve immune response and also helps reduce stress thanks to the ashwagandha that's in there. I also drink their Pure every single podcast that I record because it helps with my mental clarity. And then they have another product that I haven't even talked about yet, the Red Juice, which is made specifically for energy support, but it's caffeine-free. It's just an organic blend of different vegetables and fruits and other components that help provide natural energy for the body. They so kindly gave me a code to share with you, and that code is RealFoodology for 20% off all Organifi products at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, or you can go directly to Organifi.com slash RealFoodology. I want to end this on this note because we've talked for so long, and this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so happy that you're able to come on. Can we just briefly touch on... I think this is something that you and I are both going to agree on that the body is built to heal itself ultimately, you know, and it's all about, it's our job to do things that can support it in that healing and just make sure that we're not doing things that are detrimental to our health. So for example, eat sugar. How would you recommend that people support their body in, in healing itself naturally? So you brought up another one that I want to dive into a little bit, because I think this is really important is vitamin D. Because I know there's a lot of studies connecting um, cancer rates with low levels of vitamin D. There's even connection to COVID. We don't have to go into that. But let's talk a little bit about why vitamin D is so important. Well, vitamin D, it's kind of interesting because you've got to test your vitamin D twice a year, actually, in the winter months and in the summer months. Because if you're out in the summer, your body is, you know, can make vitamin D from the sun. But if you're now in winter time, and I just had a patient today, their level was low because it's winter. And so now they need to supplement. So vitamin D influences over 3000 genes in your body. So not only for prevention of cancer, heart disease, bone, brain, everything, vitamin D influences everything. So you need to have most likely most of my patients that I've checked over the years probably 99% are low, wow. 99%, very low. The only people that come in and they have good vitamin D is because they are supplementing themselves or extreme exposure, you know, like out in the sun. But I've had patients who have their volleyball players outside and they still have low vitamin D. So I always How tell people- How is that possible? Yeah, well, because possibly just because um, for some reason, they're not absorbing their vitamin D, you know, as you, for different reasons, because um, I've seen this, especially being in Southern California, we have great sun exposure here, but I still see in my big practice, I would say most people have low vitamin D. So it's insurance, you know, I've never seen anybody with vitamin D toxicity. So you're not going to, I've never seen anybody overdose, even though that people say, oh my God, your levels are high. I've never had. I've never seen a patient have a complaint with slightly elevated vitamin D, like 100, 110. I've never seen anybody have any toxicity, like symptoms of it. 
So it's, it's a fat soluble vitamin. There's four fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. So that's why, you know, the other ones are water soluble. You just pee it out. But if that's soluble, it takes a while to get it down. But I've never seen anybody with vitamin D toxicity. So we know that in lots of disease process, vitamin D plays a very, very powerful part. In fact, the evidence is growing daily. New things come out all the time. Oh, that's so interesting. So for someone listening, um, let's say, I hope that this never happens to anyone listening, but if they were to get diagnosed with cancer, what would you say um, they should do? And I mean, like in terms of everything, like what kind of doctor should they look for that will help them with the kind of care that you provide if they aren't able to see you? Um, Yeah, really any kind of tips that you have. Well, I would say the most important thing is one, listen to just the things we're talking about today, because, um, you know, self-care is going to be the new health care, all right? And we know that because illness is only on the rise. And I say that because if you look at the health of our children from autism to asthma to ADD, chronic diseases, that's only increasing. So that means what we're doing and practicing in healthcare, what parents are, you know, with their children, and with the healthcare system, we're not creating healthy people for some reason. US ranks 43rd in healthcare in the world, 43rd. We spend twice as much as any other country. So the paradigm that we're doing is not creating healthy people. 60% of the population is on one or more medicines. There's 10 prescriptions written per man, woman, and child, and maybe even more, because that was a couple of years ago. So per man, and child, and every prescription is a toxin, right? Because I don't care how you slice it, it is a toxic substance that creates one or more nutritional deficiencies, not to mention every drug damages your mitochondria, which are your powerhouse engines of your cell. So the healthcare system we have is not working. So you need to partner with a doctor who is very preventive, proactive, personalized and precise about getting you healthy. And if you're practicing health daily, then you're not going to need that physician or the naturopath or, I mean, you have to go to a healthcare practitioner to verify that you're healthy. I mean, you can't just go to a nutritionist because a nutritionist just doesn't have the clinical training to know that, okay? They're really good at what they do but they're not good about making sure there's nothing seriously going on. And number two is there is so much information. We have your podcast. We have so much information out there, but everything in life is about execution, focus, clarity, execution. So we have the information out there now. And so you can take a lot of charge because I tell people, Self-care is going to be the new healthcare because there's just not enough great resources around to, to, to just not take self-responsibility. And a lot of it you can do yourself by just, you know, listening, reading. You don't have to read a hundred books. You just listen and start listening to podcasts and start. I just know on Instagram that people have changed their lives and a hundred times better, probably with your podcast. They listen to your podcast. Oh my God, I started doing that. And, this many changes happened, right? So, but you do have to verify because this world today, we talked about environmental chemicals. The environmental chemicals are out of control. 
and there's not there's no change in sight. And so so I would tell people that that they would need to just verify with a doctor, either a naturopath or a a integrative medical doctor, because that's the new updated medicine. A lot of physicians, though, realize that their cool toolkit of just diagnosing and treating with the medicine is just not enough. Okay, so there's more and more physicians that are becoming integrative using the best of conventional with all these other tools and all the new studies because in PubMed alone, there's 1.2 million articles produced every year, right? So there's something new coming up. I mean, just in plant medicine alone, there's 50,000 compounds that we know today, 50,000, there's probably 200,000. They just all haven't been verified. So we know that there is so much out there to help ourselves, but there's so much changing. So you have to have a practitioner who's willing to, you know, read and study and keep up with the latest, greatest and teach you at least the basics, which we've talked about today is, is, you know, all the things we've, you know, mentioned today, but people mm -hmm. more importantly, I, I find in my years is execution, you know? Yeah. And I would love to add to this. If you have a doctor that's telling you that there's no connection to the food that you're putting in your body and disease run like hell and find a new yeah. doctor. That's what I say too. <laughs> yeah. I say that too, because not with what we know to do. We have, we have all the working knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that you feel like people need to know that we haven't covered today? Um, well, we talked about, you know, we haven't talked about hormones and cancer and hormones in general, but hormones are the natural chemical molecules that are messengers that turn on and off your body. Every single cell in your body, your trillions of cells all have chemical messengers. And today, young people have a lot of hormonal imbalances because we talked about the environmental influences, not just women, but men too. And so that is something you need to today look at now more than ever because the environment is changing your thyroid, changing, you know, like your blood sugar. There's a lot of chemicals that are called obesogens and diabetogens. And so these are chemical substances that create a medical problem in your body. And then um, we have um, so many different things that are influencing our system that you talked about the xenoestrogens, which are the foreign estrogens. Plastics are probably the biggest culprit, but these are things that you and I, we have no control over. We do have control by cleansing. And like I say, you can do a lot of home cleansing. You can eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables, green tea, like for example, drinking green tea has tons of anti-cancer activity. So taking some of these anti-cancer nutrients and rotating them on a regular basis can be very, very helpful. But, um, you know, hormones are like, they make you tick every day. They make your digestion work, your brain work, your mood work, everything work. So a lot of people have adrenal problems. They have estrogen imbalance. So like, like look at all the people that have cancer because they don't have enough progesterone. They have estrogen dominance or they have inadequate production of progesterone, especially as you age. I mean, it starts around probably around somewhere between 35 and 40. And so you have to have a doctor that's schooled with the hormones so they can tell you and support you with that, you know, with that proper direction. So, and, and well, so, and, oh, sorry. I no, that's all right. 
Um, I had a question about the hormones. So do you think that part of the reason we're seeing such a rise in cancers is because we put so many women on birth control? Well, that's a big hot question. There's no question. Okay. So because um, I talked about, I, I did a little TikTok or something on the IUD and there's two kinds of IUDs. There's the IUD that's just simple and plain. And then there's the IUD um, with levonorgestrel. So that's a synthetic hormone. So of course, me being injured by a hormone, I am like really against anything that's, you know, probably not good for your body, synthetic, right? So I know when you're 21 years old or 23 years old, you know, you might need to go on birth control pills because, you know, like that just what works for you. So I get that. I get that. So I would make sure though, you took estrodem, which is from the broccoli family, and you made sure you protected yourself because we know that the estrogen anti-birth control pill in most birth control pills is a synthetic estrogen and hormones are estrogen, breast cancer, for example, in many cases, not in all cases, is estrogen driven. So why would your body be designed to go against itself with your own natural production of estrogen? But this is a synthetic hormone that can wreak havoc in our system. Now, you have a lesser incidence of ovarian because you've turned off those cycles, the menstrual cycles and the normal ovulation production, all right? Yeah, but you definitely can have an increase in if you're predisposed. Uh, You know, everyone's different. Like I said, everyone is their own little, you know, journey. And, and so, you know, some women can take, I know birth, I see women sometimes they come in birth control pills at 50 and I'm like, wow, what doctor would give you birth control pills? But they do that because they have irregular menstrual cycles or they want to make, um, you know, their, their periods regular, or they want them to go through menopause early, you know, clean and fine. But I'm like, if you don't have to take synthetic hormones, it is best not to, because these are problematic and can create hormonal imbalance, increase your risk of breast cancer, especially when you're taking a synthetic estrogen and the higher your estrogen. And we know that progesterone, natural progesterone is protective, not only in female cancers, but all cancers combined. All right. And so, because progesterone is anti, natural progesterone is anti-growth. And so I learned that from a mentor many years ago, because his mother had kidney cancer and he studied everything. This was 40 or 50 years ago. And he studied, you know, and progesterone was one, natural progesterone was one of the treatments. And so you're right. So we just have to be careful again. You know, I know, you know, I, you know, when I was young, you know, birth control pill was easy because, you know, it's easy. All right. But we also have to think about counterbalancing our body when we take things and what protection are we taking, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you talk about women who are doing infertility drugs, okay? So you're surging those cycles and creating exaggerative, very exaggerated hormonal cycles. Those two can be increasing your rest because you're you're flooding your body with very, very high levels. It's very artificial. You're stimulating very hyper stimulatory ovulation. And so those can, we know, how's it going to happen to everybody? No, but again, what, you know, what I always say is like, let's make sure that it's not doing anything and it hasn't done anything. 
And so because in today's world, because cancer rates are so high, we should always be working up a patient as if they have something and then verify they don't have anything. Yeah. Well, I, I will outright say it. I have a problem with birth control. I don't have a problem with women once they have all the information and they know all the risks at hand, still deciding to take it. I'm in full support. I'm in full support of whatever anyone wants to do with their body that they decide is the best for them. Who am I to, to decide that? The problem that I have is that I watched this happen when I was a kid and I'm seeing that it's still happening now is we're putting women on birth control starting at like 13, 14. We're not telling them the risks. We're basically just putting it on to mask symptoms, putting a Band-Aid over what's actually happening instead of addressing the real issue here. They're not even most of the time being put on birth control when they're 14 because they're having sex. It's because they're dealing with hormonal imbalances that are not being addressed. So I have an issue with that. And we're not honest with how we're completely shutting off women's natural cycles and replacing them with synthetic hormones. I didn't know that until I was probably like 28. I was like, wait, what? I thought it was just like, you know, because we're, we're told like, oh, it helps your cycle and it. You know, anyway, so that that is where I have an issue with birth control, especially, you know, when I started diving into more of this and learning about the connection with cancers and the rising of, you know, estrogen, the, the levels of estrogen that go up in your body and how it can put us at risk for breast cancer. And so that's where I have like a huge issue with birth control. And also, I feel like we're not we're not having enough there. There are more and more conversations, but we're not having enough conversations with women about how to actually just track their cycles. There are so many tools that we can do now. I work. Oh, my this, goodness. Right. Like, why are we not telling women when they're, you know, 13, 14, when they're getting their periods, like how to actually track their cycles and, and be in tune with their bodies? It's, it's driving right. Me well, and I agree with you, young girls, they haven't even fully developed. Why would we be putting people on fake hormones when they need to go through their natural maturative uh, journey? You know, yeah, so absolutely. It, yeah, so and they do give it for acne also. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, that's <laughs> these are the things that I would not ever recommend. Okay. Yeah. Now I know everybody's different. I know that all these different doctors have a different style. And when you're a conventional doctor, Courtney, they that's how they're taught. Okay. And that is just what has happened. But I'm my job is to protect the patient as much as possible. That is my job, okay? And to give you the informed consent of here's all the possibilities and I need you to know that. And like you said, is once you know all of that, then you can make that decision. Exactly. Like like I said, I'm full. I'm in full support of what anyone wants to do with their own body as long as they just know everything. Like tell us all the risks. Because I also have a lot of girlfriends that, you know, were on birth control for 10 years. No one told them that once they got off, they were going to have a really hard time having kids. And I know a lot of women that are really upset about it now because they're like, I was blindly put on this when I was 14 and then came off and had a horrible time trying to get pregnant. And I, my heart goes out to women like that because we're not, we are not communicating that in the doctor's office. So that is where I have the issue. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's just doing women a disservice. So anyways, well... Thanks for letting me go off my birth control rant. Um, <laughs> well, this has been so amazing. I'm so glad that you brought up the hormonal connection because I think that's really important for people to hear. Before I let you go, I want to ask you what I ask all of my guests. What are your health non-negotiables? I know you're super busy. You probably don't have a lot of time to prioritize things in your day, but what are things that you're just like every day? I do this for my health no matter what. Oh, no, I prioritize that number one. Okay, so I always get a good night's sleep. Okay. I try to get about eight hours 
no matter what. I always have five jillion things to do. Okay, there's, I that is a given, and everyone else does too. But it always can wait till tomorrow. So always get a good night's sleep. So I tell people your your day starts when you go to sleep, because if you don't go to sleep well, then the next part of the day. Then I always, when I wake up, I always do a green juice with vitamin C and I put my comprehensive formula in there. So I do that every single day. Then I go to the gym and work out. And even, even if I only have 15, 20 minutes, I do something. Usually it's minimum 30 minutes. Sometimes obviously I do, I can do more. But before I get out of bed, I always do, and I'm always in an attitude of gratitude. So I always start thinking of everything I'm thankful for all the time while I'm making my green juice, going here, walking, walking down the stairs and so forth. So then um, I make a, a really good, I, I love eggs because eggs hold me, nothing else holds me. So I always have eggs every single day. And people always go on Instagram, you eat eggs every day. I say, yeah, because nothing else holds me. So I love eggs I and love I usually eggs. get farm fresh, not soy free, you know, all the other great things. I do not compromise on food. Food is like, for me, like wonderful. Yes, I go out to eat, but I go out to eat where they have foods that that are good and healthy, okay? I don't go to fast foods. I don't go to foods, play, restaurants that don't have good quality food, all right? And then I always drink water. I always have a glass water bottle with me all the time. No matter what I'm doing, I always have a glass water bottle and I drink water through the day. And then at lunch, I always have a good, healthy lunch every day. I always have um, uh, at nighttime when I get home, because I get home late because my days are very long. And um, I always will eat dinner. And I always eat a little dinner because you should, you know, there's an old saying, eat like a king for breakfast, queen for lunch and pupper for dinner. So I eat little, I eat little at night because your body's going to go detox and repair and regenerate. And then I always do a deep breathing, a mantra thing for about 11 minutes. And then I immediately think how blessed and how thankful I am for every single thing. I send my patients healing vibrations every day. I am thankful for anything and any problem, I turn it into a positive, okay? And so, and then I just don't allow myself to be stressed. I know that sounds funny, but I mean, you 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 have to decide to manage your reaction okay we it's okay to respond it's not good to react because who loses at the end of the day is you do and that's what i teach my staff is is that when you react with a with a patient they're just going to get them going more if you just respond what can i do to serve you then your day will be really, really calm. So I, my life revolves around my health practices. So do I have fun? Of course I do. Of course I do. You know, I enjoy a, a great piece of chocolate at, you know, at four o'clock. Okay. Uh, do I go out on the weekends? Yes. And I go out to restaurants. Yeah. But I go to restaurants that I know I can get. Like I had venison Saturday night with my husband. It was incredible, grass-fed, you know, and everything wonderful. So um, it might not have been perfect, you know, but I ate it. I didn't even eat all of it, right? Because when you eat real food, you get full very quickly. Yeah. So these are things how I, you know, live. And I always spend, I always spend time part of the weekend recharging and rejuvenating. I have a sauna at home and I do, I do all these practices on a regular basis. 
Thank you for sharing all that. I feel like those are some really amazing tips that people can hopefully incorporate in their own life. So thank you. So for everyone listening, where can they find you? Well, a couple of things. Um, Keneally MD, you'll find everything. You can follow me on Instagram. I do have TikTok also. Um, and I have written two books, Be Perfectly Healthy and Cancer Revolution. We have a regular podcast. So with I'm not the only person because I'm not the only person you want to learn from. You want to learn from as many people. So, But the people here are amazing at what they do and our guests are amazing. And so people can uh, listen to our podcast also to learn more so that they can take charge and take care of themselves. Amazing. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on today. This was very enlightening. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.